It's, uh, it's good to see you guys this morning. Uh, we, uh, if you just got in late or whatever, we'll be uh, after the service today, we'll be having wings and football. Uh, hope that uh, you can join us. Uh, we've got some Buffalo Wild Wings coming and, uh, and uh, a lot of goodies that people have been bringing and have brought. I was just out in the hallway a minute ago, saw some Tootsie Rolls out there. Blessing for everybody. Uh, along with some other things, so, uh, but uh, no, it's uh, good stuff. And you may say, well, Chris, I like wings, but I don't like football. That's fine. We can go out in the parking lot. We'll have a burnout contest. Um, I came prepared today, and uh, you may say, well, Chris, I'm going to feel left out. I'm in my wife's minivan today. That's okay. We'll treat it like Tuesday night at Union Hill. Run what you brung, okay? We'll, we'll, do, we'll do burnouts, whatever you got. If you don't think that your car can do a burnout, let me have it for five seconds, Okay. I will make it do a burnout, okay? So, what's that, a pull-off? Yeah, I brought the wrong vehicle for that today. Yeah, no, I know, I know you didn't, yeah. So, but uh, that's next week. So, no, we're glad you're here. Hope you can stay with us. We'd love to just get to hang out with you, and uh, it's a great time to get to know some folks and uh, hang out, just, uh, you know, just chill. Uh, we, uh, if you want to, go ahead and get your Bible out. We're going to go to John chapter 15, and if you don't have a Bible... Uh, we've got ushers with stacks of Bibles, and they would love to bring you one. Uh, and if you don't have one uh, that you own, you can keep that one. Uh, and if you just need to borrow it, that's fine too. We'd just love for you to be able to follow along with us in Scripture. John 15 is where we're going today. Um, <clears throat> and this is a passage of Scripture that uh, uh, I think uh, we can all agree is one of those, that, like you've probably heard parts of it, even if you didn't grow up in church. You probably heard people uh, relate to it quote from it, talk about it some way, shape, or form, and, uh, and, and this, is, this is where it is. And, and I'll just be honest with you, it's one of those passages that's just so good for us to go back to from time to time and be reminded of who God is and just how good He is and how good He is to us specifically, um, and, and just, even, just to even think about just some very basics of our faith uh, of just you know what it looks like for us to um, to abide in Him, and so this morning uh, we'll be we'll be looking at this passage. Um, this is a this is a uh, a passage that we see Christ uh, teaching, and He starts out uh, how appropriate. Uh, and I'll go ahead and throw this out there. I found this on the stand when I walked up to the first service uh, today. It says, uh, "I am." And then I guess that means Batman. I am Batman. I am Batman. You remember that? That's like 1989, Michael Keaton. Uh, you know, by the way, uh, I'll go down this rabbit hole with you. I still have all of my 1989 Batman toys from the Michael Keaton movie Batman. I got, I got the figure, got a case of figures. I got a Batcave. That's right. I got a Batmobile. I got a Batwing. I got a bat cycle. That wasn't even in the movie. I don't know why. It's like, you know, and like, what's that? They are not in the package, but they are lightly played with. So we can, we can, if you ever want to come over, I just need an excuse to dig them out. My, 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 my kids don't even know. Like they're, they're clueless that these things exist. They're in boxes or put away, whatever. But yeah, no, we, we, we get them out. We play. I got bat, bat, bat caves got a little elevator on a string. You can like, like run the Joker up, and then you know, Bob the Goon's got chopping action. You know, little thing on his back. Sorry, yeah, whatever. She probably knew before. She probably been digging around in the closets and finding all that stuff. Um, no, uh, 
Jesus starts out uh, appropriately with, with I am. Uh, you know, and this is this, is this uh, you know, we see God, you know, use this, this name for himself, I am. Who, who's there? I am. Who? I am, you know. Well, Jesus, who is also God, uh, you know, starts out this passage with those same uh, two words, I am. And, and he starts out with something that is so simple. Uh, this passage is something that is so simple for us that as we're reading it, it would be easy for us to go, man, I, I know about that passage, and I, you know, I, I get what it's saying and all that, but, but let, me, let, me, let, me, let me challenge you in a way this morning. Let me challenge you in not just saying, yes, I know that truth, but what does it look like for that truth to be applied to your life? And I think that's, I know that's why Jesus is giving us this today. Uh, so anyway, John 15, verse 1. Let's read this together. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Now we're going to talk about that in just a second. I am the true vine. Jesus stating this the way that he states this leads us to believe that he understands that there are other things in this world that we could attach ourselves to uh, to be not the true vine. Uh, the fake vines, if you will, of life. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm guilty plenty of days of my life that I have attached myself, my identity. You know, if, if your identity is wrapped up in something else, and, and it's very easy for us to get there, uh, be it a job, be it a relationship, uh, be it uh, looks or whatever it is, if your identity is wrapped up in something else, that's, one of those, that's, one, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I think Jesus is trying to help us to see clearly. He is the true vine. Now, we're gonna, we'll see reasons why. Not that any of these other things are bad. Jobs aren't bad. You know, all that, whatever your looks might be bad, but I won't tell you that. Uh, but um, you tell me that. I hear it from you all the time. Uh, you know, but uh, no, it, it's for us to see... I think clearly some things about our lives that are very important and the importance of why Jesus wants us to see our identity in him, that he is the true vine. It goes on and says, and my father is the vine dresser. And you're probably like, I don't even know what that means. Well, I think verse 2 helps explain it. It says, every branch, check this out, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So the vine dresser is, is the gardener, okay? He's, he's the one that, you know, he's, he's the, the person that knows exactly what's best for a plant. Now, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not the green thumb type. I encourage people to park in my yard. Uh, you know, I, if we just poured concrete everywhere, I'd be cool with it. I'm just, you know, I mean, I like grass. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't, I, you know, I quit mowing it when I was a teenager. I vowed to my parents I'll never mow grass when I grow up. I have kept that promise, except for like on a mission trip or something. And I'm like, okay, I'll help. I'll help do this right now, whatever you know. Uh, but yeah, so and I'm, you know, sneeze like crazy when I do anyway. So it's just, it's a, it's a terrible thing, but. Uh, you know, I'm not the green thumb person. Now, my dad, my dad is a huge gardener. He loves to garden. Some of the worst words that I could hear from my father when he would pick me up from school as a kid would be, son, we're going to go to the garden. Because that meant that we were not just going to go to the garden, we were going to the gardens. He had multiple gardens. 
my father somehow conned people in his church into letting him garden gardens at their houses. So we would, we would go, and so it was like the tour, you know, it's like, let's go check on all the tomatoes, because who doesn't need a thousand tomato plants, right? And so, you know, he'd have these gardens everywhere, and we'd go ride around, and I'd just be hoping that, like, somewhere in the mix of all this, maybe there's a blackberry bush or something that's producing, you know? And so anyway, we would go, and we'd do the garden thing, and my kids, my kids love to go hang out with Papa, and they do the garden thing with him, and apparently they enjoy it, and I'm like good for you. You know, finally you can scratch the itch, you know. But, you know, a good gardener, a vine dresser, if you will, understands that something has to happen for plants to remain healthy or for healthy plants to be even more healthy, uh, such as pruning. Now, in our lives, Pruning is not something that we just love usually. You know, usually pruning is something that's painful. It's like, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I'm doing good and then all of a sudden something happens, you know. And I think what we see here, we see this understanding that God the Father, the vine dresser, it says, verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So in other words, for those of us who attach ourselves to Christ as the vine, then when we bear fruit, he prunes us. You know, and, and that's, you know, for some people, they're like, man, that's not, I, that's not just like this great thing to hear, Chris. You know, like I, I thought, you know, if I, if I just followed the Lord and, you know, he was able to use me in my life and all that kind of stuff for his glory and his kingdom, then he would just be happy with that and he would leave me alone and he'd give me a hand clap every once in a while or a pat on the back or something. And you're telling me that when God uses me and I actually produce fruit for the kingdom of God, he's going to prune me? Yes. Yes. And at times, at times it's painful. You might be right now in the middle of a time in your life where you feel like you're being pruned. And you may be. I don't know. He makes very clear that every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. But also every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away. So for those branches that bear fruit, he prunes. For those branches that do not bear fruit, he takes away. Well, what's, what's that look like for us this morning? Well, let's read verse 4, because I think verse 4 is like an amazing verse for us this morning. This is like a life-changing verse. <clears throat> if you're a Christian this morning, if you've trusted in Jesus to be your Savior, let me encourage you that verse 4 is one of those verses that like, you should know it and you should come back to it often. It says this. It says, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in in me. So we have just this basic concept of understanding that a plant, tree, you know, has to have roots, you know, has to, has to have uh, a trunk, you know, that it would, it would bear fruit. A branch laying on the ground is, 
you know, if it is alive, well, it's, it's going to die pretty soon. Uh, it has to be attached to the vine. Jesus says here, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So this is a very simple concept for us today. Very simple understanding of something that when we are abiding in Christ, then we, that we bear fruit, but not only that, we have life. So, you know, to be a branch that is cut free from this thing and thrown to the side, that's, that's dead branch. We don't want to be dead branches. We want, we want to be full of life. We want, we want God to use us. We want, you know, but there's a trick there. It is to abide in Christ. So what's it look like for us to abide in Christ? Well, you know, I think, it, I think easily we could say, well, it's stuff like, you know, prayer and spending time in God's Word and, you know, just soaking in, you know, who, who Christ is and what He's done. Absolutely, 100%. And, and, and I'll throw this out there. Here's a question for you. And, and, and it's not meant to make you feel guilty or whatever, so don't, you know, don't, don't, go, that, don't go down that road too far or whatever. Uh, but have, if I ask you this week... How much time did you spend abiding in Christ this week? Just think about that for a second. How much time did you spend abiding in Christ this week? I would challenge that question and challenge some of those thoughts that we were just talking about, about what it looks like to abide in Christ. It's real easy for us to like start to make the checklist, you know? And like, okay, well, we're going to abide in Christ, so I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start, you know, spending times where we're going to start praying, all this kind of stuff. And, and not that that's, that's a bad place to start. But what would it look like if instead of trying to make time for Jesus, that we pursued a life where in everything we are doing, we are attempting to abide in Christ? That's a, that's a, that's a lifestyle change. That when in everything that we do, we are seeking to abide in Him. That we're seeking Him all the day long, through every day. And man, does that start changing stuff real fast. I mean, it, cha it changes what we think is important. It changes how we treat people. I mean, just everything. If, if we are abiding in Christ, it begins to change our entire life. He says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. We know that. We know that that's true. We know that when, we, when we, we are in communion with Christ, we know that when, when we're seeking Him, that, that our lives suddenly begin to bear fruit. Sometimes, you know, if you're like me, there's been moments in my life when I'll, I'll get into a conversation with someone, and it's, it's, it's so like supernatural like the things sometimes like the scripture that I might remember that I've never memorized in my life, but all of a sudden I can like quote it in the moment or whatever, and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is like God working through me in this moment. But one thing that I've learned in my life is that it is, in, is on those days that when I have been pursuing Jesus somehow in my life, that that seems to go so much better. In fact, I, I really believe looking through my life and my experiences, because there's been plenty of days that I've been an idiot and I'm not pursuing Jesus, that on the days that when I am pursuing Jesus, God puts more of those opportunities in front of me. 
He allows me to experience getting to be a part of conversations that I, I think sometimes he honestly just protects me from not even getting in on the days when I'm just being a knucklehead. I think some of it too is we just see those things much more for what they are as they happen when we are pursuing Jesus. It says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide in me. Verse 5, it says this. It says, I am the vine. Again, this is, this is Christ teaching us. I am the vine. You are the branches. We are branches. I'll say it again. We are branches. Okay? We are branches, your branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. And this changes so much. You say, well, Chris, there's been plenty of times in my life where you know, I'm not pursuing the Lord and I've, I'm getting some stuff done. Yeah, you're getting some stuff done. But is it kingdom stuff? Is it, is, it stuff for, is it stuff for the Lord? I mean, is it, is it like God-glorifying stuff? Because at the end of the day, that's what we were created for. We were created for the glory of God. Now, we, we can get off on these tangents of all these other things that we worship in this life and, and how quickly we fall into those things. And yeah, we might get some things done for that stuff, but at the end of the day, we see this truth that we know in our hearts to be true. That for apart from me, you can do Nothing. I am the vine. You are the branches. Verse 6, it goes on. It says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. That's pretty stout stuff. It's pretty stout stuff. And here's the truth. I can't tell you exactly what that verse means. I can make an argument for that verse meaning one way or the other, a little bit of this or a little bit of that. Uh, you could say, well, it's talking about people that are falling away from their faith and, 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 and God's just saying, you know, if, if, you, if you're not going to get on board, I'm going to kick you out of the way and I'm going to go on doing my thing. Or you could say that this is specifically talking about people who are choosing to not believe in Jesus. And, and the argument, I think, is really strong for that when you're talking about that you're talking about that uh, that. These are people that are not going to abide in Jesus, first of all, but then secondly, uh, that they might be thrown into a fire and burned. I mean, to me, that sounds like eternal damnation. Either way, we don't want to be there. Either way, that's not, that's not what we're seeking. We're seeking to be a people who God can use and God can work through us and do amazing things for His kingdom. But we've got, to, we've got to have this understanding and this remembering for us that we are attaching ourselves, abiding in Jesus, that we are branches and that He is the vine. Verse 7, it goes on, it says, If you abide in Me, if, okay, check that out. If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That's huge. 
That is huge for us today. If, see the if, right? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And, and, and at least one person right now is sitting here thinking, you know, before I get out of here today, I might just go down to the altar and just say, Jesus, I would really like for you to let me win the lottery today. Right? I, I know there's some of you that like, man, you like, you think about the lottery a lot. I've got a couple people in the church who are like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm buying those tickets. If I win the lottery, we're going to pay the church off. We're going to build that thing we need to build, whatever we got to do. I'll buy you a Shelby Mustang too. And I'm like, well, glory to God for all of that. That'd be great. I'm all about it. That'd be fantastic. I think that we've got to see this verse for what it is, though. It says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. So th there's a heart change here. You know, this isn't, this isn't like, you know, God, the genie in a bottle. You know, thank you, Christina Aguilera. Uh, this, is, this is like a change of heart that if we abide in Christ and his words, which would mean that our, our words uh, that His words would abide in us as well. You see, if we abide in Christ, our hearts change. Our desires change. And our words change. Our words begin to be His words. And my words abide in you. Then you can ask whatever you wish. Well, at that point, our wishes will not be selfish wishes. They'll be wishes there are things that glorify God. There'll be things that please the Father, things that, that Jesus loves that are from His heart. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, let, let me say this. You know, I know it kind of took away the genie in the bottle concept here for us, but let's, let's don't minimalize this for what it is. This is God saying, you can come and you can ask, and if it glorifies me, I'm about it. I'm about it. Yesterday we did the, the food truck thing here, and uh, you know, one of the things that I love about getting to do that, all these random people, you don't know who they are, they come in and they sit down and, and they're, they're chilling, they're waiting for, to get their turn to go through and get all the food and stuff. And by the way, man, we just have, we have an amazing group of people that show up to help make this thing happen when we do this. I mean, it is, it is, if you've never been, it's one of the most awesome things that you'll see where we literally can just give out a tractor trailer full of food before noon. And we start at like a nine. I mean, it's just, it's insane the way this thing goes. Uh, and so thank you to those of you that, that serve in that way. Well, one of the things that I get to do while that's going on is I, I just hang in here with all these people. And it's kind of started years ago when we had one of these things at one of the local schools. And I actually was about to have to throw some people out. And we had some ladies that were, you know, that were like helping run the in with the people thing going on. And, you know, numbers were getting called and people were getting upset. They thought that their number wasn't called at the right time and people were getting to go before them and I and and so like I saw like the mob about to like take over these ladies that were helping and so like I you know that's when they came and got me he's like you got to come do something so I came in and kind of gave a little speech it's like you don't like it you can get out you know kind of deal well it, it's nothing like that now but because of that what I learned is like if I would stay in the room where everybody's waiting there is ministry opportunity after ministry opportunity just getting to wander around and just check on people. Yesterday, I prayed with I don't even know how many people. 
I mean, just pray. And, and, and here's what's awesome about us doing that is that all of those, there's, we got a lot of people that are like repeat, you know, I won't say offenders, that's not what we're going to call them. Uh, <laughs> but, but people, <laughs> cus, cus, okay, customers will go there. I'll, 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 I'll take that. And, uh, but uh, no, they, you know, they, they come back over and over. And, and one of the things about, you know, that they come now, I had, in fact, I had somebody who was new to doing it yesterday, serving and helping us. And they said, you know, I was a personal shopper today. And this person came, and as soon as they got to the cart with me and I introduced myself, I was like getting ready to like see if I could pull anything out of them. Because one of the goals is like our people ministering to them as they're getting food to get to know them so that they can pray with them as they put food in their car. They were like, this person comes to the cart and they immediately just start telling me everything about their life. They were like, what is up with that? They were like, it was like they knew that we cared. I was like, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what we want. And so, same thing yesterday. You know, and it's made very easy at this point because they know who I am a lot of times. So I'll hang in here while they're waiting. But just got to pray with so many people. And I prayed, I prayed with people yesterday who have like some serious illness stuff going on. But even as I was praying yesterday and asking for something... I wouldn't, I, wasn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't just say, God, will you heal this person so that they'll feel better? I said, God, would you do a work in this person that, that they would not only feel better, but that you would be glorified for the work that you are done in healing their body? You see, there's, there's a difference there for us. And, and it's not an equation. It's a heart thing that we would desire that people would see the work of God through the things that He does and not just lottery ticket you know, requests in life of things that we want. If you abide in Me and My words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 8 says this, it says, By this My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So right there in that verse, we have kind of like this little bit of like, you know, here's how we actually see who's the real deal and who are the imposters. And we don't like thinking about this sometimes because, you know, this might call us into question or something. But I mean, the truth is, is that we see in Scripture this, this evidence of fruit. If you go to the book of James, you see this as well. This evidence of fruit that is being born or not born from us as individuals, that we will know them, it says we will know them by their fruits. And here, same thing. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So it's saying that in the action of us abiding in Christ and then in turn bearing fruit for the kingdom of God, that we will be seen for being his disciples. The truth is, as the Scripture teaches us, that we as believers, that we, we will look different. We will look different. We won't just give out food. We'll be interested that, they, that these people would have the bread of life. That we care, despite whatever background that they come from. That's, that's who we're called to be. Verse 9, it goes on, it says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. 
This is such a great statement for us today. Abide in my love, he says. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. In other words, if you pursue the things of Jesus, you pursue Him. Again, this isn't a checklist thing. It's not about if you do all the right things, God's going to give you some love. No, it's saying, pursue me, abide in me. If your heart is to be a heart that, that wants to keep my commandments, you're going to abide in my love. It's going to happen just as I, he says, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So this is Jesus speaking to us, and He's saying that, the, that this powerful, amazing, earth-shattering, glorious love that changes people's lives, we can abide in that love. He's like, I get to abide in it from the Father, and you get to abide in it through me. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, and this is amazing, folks, that my joy may be in you and that, you, and that your joy may be full. May be full. Your joy may be full. What, what other thing on the planet can make that promise? <laughs> there, there is nothing that makes that promise other than Christ Himself saying that if you will rest in Me, come to Me. It, it's amazing. I mean, like, like how, how silly are we sometimes that we, told, <coughs> we, know, we know this truth that like God has made a promise that He will never leave us or forsake us. If you, listen, if you've believed in Christ to be your Savior, if He has forgiven you of your sin, if, if you are a Christian, if you believed in Him, He will never leave you or forsake you. He has made that promise. No matter how you feel about where, what you feel about God, the truth is still the truth. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And then on top of that, we have this understanding knowledge of who God is and how He works that we can abide in Him. That Jesus literally in Scripture is saying to us, uh, come to me, you who are weary, I will give you rest. Are you weary? Is this, is this life making you weary? Any mamas out there want to testify right now? There you go. Much better than the first service, by the way. There was complete silence after that. And I was like, what's wrong with you people? I was like, I got a mama at home. I can tell you, she's, she's weary. Um, and Jesus is saying, I will give you rest. And all we have to do is abide in Him. All we have to do is receive the gift of His love. Rest in His love. Abide in His love. The same love that comes from the Father that He too is abiding in, it says. These things, verse 11, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I mean, isn't that what we're looking for in life? Happiness? The pursuit? And Jesus is saying, and I'll just go ahead and fill that thing up. I'll tell you what I didn't fill up recently was my car. And then the gas gauge decided to quit working. 
I'm in it today. Even when I got in it today, I thought, I wonder if this thing needs gas. I hope I get to church and back okay. I didn't know my gas gauge quit working until it died on the side of the road. And then we figured it out. You know, as simple as it is for us to understand the importance of like filling up the tank so that we make sure that we get where we're going, how much more amazing is it that God says to us, I will fill your joy, and then you can roll on that. I mean, that's, a, that's amazing, folks. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, you know, a lot of times I ask people, and, and, I, and I'm, just so you know, I'm guilty of this too. A lot of times I ask somebody, you know, hey, um, you know, what's, uh, what's going on? How are you doing? You know, how are things going? And, and they may say something, you know, like, uh, they may say something like, well, you know, I'm just a, just a sinner saved by grace. Just a sinner saved by grace. You know, and, and, and in that statement, you know, a lot of times what we're really saying when we say that statement, and again, I'm guilty, is we're saying, well, you know, life's a struggle. I'm a Christian, and I continue to be an idiot. I probably just did something stupid. But there's grace, you know. And, and, and you know, we, we focus, what it is, is we focus on the sin in our life. We make a mistake focusing on the sin in our life sometimes. And to the point, to the point, that I think that we miss just how good God is, and we focus more on the sin than how good God is. So in that statement, you know, you know, well, I'm just, you know, I'm a sinner, saved by grace. You know, we could say, you might say, oh, Chris, I'm saying I'm saved by grace. Yeah, but the focus is really about the fact that you're going, I'm a sinner, and I really I'm just struggling here, you know, kind of thing. It's all about that. Nothing wrong with sharing struggles, obviously. But I think for so many of us, <clears throat> us, we have taken sin and we have made it about, well, I'm a Christian, man, I got this sin. And it's just rolling around in there, man. It just, you know, it just keeps coming back and, you know, it just keeps coming at me and, you know, sometimes it just controls me. Controls me. This sin controls me. Let me point out a line that statement that I just said. If you have trusted in Christ to be your Savior, He reigns the King over your sin. Okay? When we have trusted in Christ and become children of God, sin no longer has control over us. In fact, Scripture teaches us that He takes the sin away and throws it on the ground. What we have to be true is that Jesus lives in us. Folks, this changes how we deal with life. And it, fa and it changes, should change, how we face sin. Sin does not have control over us if we've trusted and believed in Christ. Jesus lives in us. What's it say? What, what have we been reading here today? Verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. I in you. I in you. So our Fort Campbell guys heading to the Titans game. I in you. 
Okay, well, what about the other part? What about the abide in me part? Well, so we got Jesus here, and, you know, he's in us, he abides in us, but then he's also saying, abide in me. Well, that's pretty amazing. I mean, when you think about it, and you think about, like, how we face life, you know, how you face what's coming this week could completely change if you could only remember throughout your day and days that we that he abides in us and that we abide in him and that's an amazing thing i mean that's really an amazing thing it changes how we look at our sin it changes this, there's this constant reminder for us that jesus is the king over all things including those things that we struggle with in this life but then it goes even further because scripture teaches us that not only do, does He abide in us and we abide in Him, but Christ abides in the Father. So we are literally, like, in Christ is in us, we are in Him, and He is in the Father, we are in God. And, and if we wanted to like just take this to like the next level, which would be amazing if I had a top for this thing and it all fit together perfectly, if we could seal it, we've been promised that we have been sealed into this. Nobody can take it away. That what God has done, He's done once and for all. And all you have to do is believe. is so big for us today for us to understand the work that God has done he has done an amazing thing for us that if we believe in him trust in him you may say well Chris I I don't even I don't even know what I need to be saved from let me just tell you just real quick if, if you're if you're there and that's a serious question for you right now here's what we need to be saved from our sin We have sin. There's not anybody without it. We're all with sin. And our sin separates us from God, but He has done an amazing thing in sending His Son to die for us. That His Son lived the perfect life. He's the only one that lived a life without sin because He's God is the only reason He was able to do that. Making Him the perfect sacrifice, the only person that could have ever been the sacrifice that He allowed His Son to die on a cross to shed His blood to pay the penalty that we deserve for our sin, that if we believe in Him, that we might be saved. In fact, if you go down to verse 13 of this passage, it says says this, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. (laughs) Jesus is calling us his friends. All through the Old Testament, you don't see God say that, but to just a couple of people. Abraham, friends of God. Remember that statement, friends of God? Jesus is looking at us. He's, he's calling us his friends. He says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Christ has given up his life that in death we might have life 
and that in this life that we that he is able to reign supreme over the sin and forgive us for our failures. We're no longer slaves to it. It doesn't control us. God has freed us. Anybody, anybody that's ever trusted in Jesus and has believed in Christ could tell you that, that, that we've been freed. We've, we've experienced what it's like to truly live. Now, do we still mess up? Yeah. Yeah, we still mess up. That whole, like, you know, I'm a sinner saved by grace. But here's the deal. Above that sin is Jesus. And He wants us to focus on the fact that He abides in us, not the fact that we still struggle with things in this life. He wants us to be reminded that He has the ability to conquer sin and He wants to throw it on the ground. Only grace can free us to obey Jesus out of friendship and worship and no longer out of fear of self-interest. We don't do this out of fear. We don't trust in Jesus out of fear. If you're thinking about right now, like you're, think, like you're sitting there and you're thinking about maybe I need to believe in Jesus, let me, let me tell you something. I don't want you to do it out of fear. I want you to do it in response to God speaking to your heart and you seeing that He loves you despite anything that's ever happened in your life, that He still loves you and He wants to forgive you and He wants to give you new life. New life. And that's, that's a backwards approach than you're going to hear some preachers do, which is more of an unbiblical uh, way of this scare tactic preaching of, you know, I'm going to you know, scare the hell out of you by trying to scare you away from hell and you should go to Jesus, run to Jesus. No, I'm just here to tell you today that God loves you and He wants to save you. He cares for you. And Jesus, the Creator of all things, created you for His glory. That you would have a purpose in this life that people would know Him because they know us. That people would see Him in us, in all things, because we are abiding in Him. And when we abide in Him, our words are His words. And when we abide in Him, we can ask anything that we wish. He says, abide in me, and I in you. We are branches. We are branches. And so the question for us today is, what's giving us life? Is it Christ? Are we coming up with some fake vine over here to find our identity in? Are we trusting in Him, the One who saves, the One who calls us friend, the One who laid His life down for us? Are we trusting in Him to give us the joy that goes all the way to full? What kind of branches will we be? This morning, if you're here and you want to talk to somebody about what it means to trust in Jesus, to believe in Him, we'll be, I'll be down here during communion, be down here after the service. We'd love to talk with you about that. We'd love to talk with you about that. We can go get away or whatever we need to do. That, that first and foremost is, is most important to me.
But I just want you to know that God loves you. And He sent His Son to lay down His life for you. That you might find what life really is. There's a purpose for your life. It is the glory of God. It is making Him known. As we move into this time right now, um, I'm going to ask maybe that you think about what it looks like to abide in Christ. We'll be taking communion, Lord's Supper, here in the next few minutes. Nathan will be talking about that in just a second. But maybe, maybe just don't rush into it. Maybe just take a minute to abide in Jesus. Let's pray together. God, thank you for what you've done for us. We, we don't deserve it, and we know it. God, I pray that you would show us even more every day of our life what it looks like to abide in you. Not just in a quiet time, not just for a Bible study, not just for a prayer time, but Lord, in everything that we do, help us to see what it looks like to abide in you, reveal yourself, and, and how we can follow you. Lord, help us to commune with you at all times. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your Son. Help us to be healthy, fruit-bearing branches. Lord, and, and for those moments, Lord, that, that you prune us, God, may we just trust you and know that it is for your good, it is for your glory. And God, we ask that it would be that people would know you. Lord, thank you for your Son. We ask this in your name. Amen.